Episode of movies that make us. I'm Jake. I'm Tracy. I'm Tracy. And I'm Val. And we are here. We we want to first before we do anything, we want to plug this event that we have coming up on the 29th and talk about it and remind you folks that it's happening and what it's all about. Uh, we are getting together. Tracy, you want to explain what we're doing and why and how and. Yeah, so we're getting together at the Midway. Our friend Bill is allowing us to host a Halloween party on Friday, October 29th. Uh, we're going to start at 7 p.m. We're going to have some trivia with multiple rounds. We'll have raffles. Just by showing up, you get a raffle ticket. And then if you want to buy additional raffle tickets, uh, all proceeds for um, the raffle and other things we're doing that night are going to go to the American Cancer Society um, raising money. I'm running for them in the Dopey Challenge, which is at Walt Disney World in January, um, where we do a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, and a full marathon over four days. Um, so we're raising money for that. We're going to have a beer run where we'll have like a flight of beers that you can just sample. There's going to be a chicken run for those that don't drink. Um, proceeds from that will be uh, to the American Cancer Society. We're going to have karaoke. It's going to be a fun night. Now, if you do want to do the beer run and the chicken run, you can, right? Like it's yeah. not just for people who don't drink, right? Right, exactly. There's no running involved. Yeah, that's, that's, also, that's also important to note because the chicken run sounds appealing to me. The best part, of, to get yeah, the the best part of running is the night before when you get to carb load. Yeah. That's the best part by far. So that's what we're, we're, we're doing a Halloween party to help support Tracy in running in January. And we're going to eat like Tracy is running the next day. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Cause after the race, you're like, just give me like the day before and the day of after you're done, it's like, just give me all the food. It's great. Yeah. Which makes running in Disney world probably really nice because there's a lot of really good food to have when you're down there. So there are people who drink around the world and will go to Epcot and sample drinks all the way around the world showcase. And I'm like, that's not my deal, but I'll sample all the food on my way around. <laughs> oh, I'll get some, I'll get some, uh, stop for some fish and chips and then I'll stop over in Japan and get something and I'll stop in the, you know, I can't remember Morocco. There's a bunch of different countries. Yeah, Morocco, Norway, Norway. Germany. Yeah. So but, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have uh, karaoke, dancing, trivia, raffle prizes. There's Bill is offering some great prizes. There'll be a costume contest. Um, Val is kindly donating the the Bloomhouse collection that she just got. Um, and then we'll we'll have a bunch of other prizes as well. But I'm sure I have a lot of stuff in this room that are that's still in boxes that I could probably bring to. I'll bring a couple Star Wars things that I haven't played with yet. So if you're a Disney fan, if you're a um oh cool. That's An very X Wing. Nice. Pose X Wing. Pose X Wing number twelve. I like that. Yep. Nice. Very nice. Um yeah, if you're if you're a fan I'm keeping of the show, this one though. This one's yeah. Good. Oh, you gotta keep, you gotta keep that ship. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, you, if you're a friend of the show, come. If you like Halloween, come down. If you want to dress up in a costume, come down. Just come down. Yeah, I like it because be I like celebrating Halloween and dressing up. But I'm not in that time of my life anymore where I want to go downtown with all of the young people mm -hmm. yeah. and get drunk and get groped all night. And what I like about the Midway is that I feel like it's just a neighborhood you know, hang place out. to hang out. They have really good mm -hmm. food. They don't like, you can go to that bar and not feel bad if you don't drink because they right. know that not everybody, they have nerd night there all the time mm -hmm. and people go just to hang out karaoke and, sing karaoke and dress up. And so it's a really fun, safe place that you can just go hang out and you know that you're going to see people that you know that you like, you're going to, it's just a nice, comfortable place. They also have a lot of dart boards there. They have yeah. pool tables. The outdoor area just got upgraded, Ooh. so they have all of these awesome fireplaces outside. Wow. Yeah, instead um, of those little yeah. heat lamps, they used to have those little heat lamps, and now they've got but like now they really have like nice actual fireplaces. fireplaces. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. It's for a very good cause. 
Uh, so we definitely want to see you come out uh, and see if we can help Tracy raise some money for American Cancer Society. So it should be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'd love to see you. Uh, it's a great way to kind of wrap up October, you know, because yeah. I mean, there's so you can still do happen. Halloween because it's on the 29th. So you still have the weekend to do whatever other things you want to do. But after work, come on by, get some food, hang out, do some trivia, have some fun. Yep. And I have to say, I'm going to break the magic really quick. This is recorded because oh, today oh. I am getting married when this show airs. This day. So tonight, um, I, I, Tracy and uh, Jake will have the link to the wedding ceremony. And if you guys want to post it, great. Yes. Um, it's up to you guys. But it's going to be late because 5.15 in Oahu is like 9.15 here. That's, um, that's not late to anybody but you. No, it's late. I don't know. <laughs> that's late. But literally the ceremony is going to be like 15 minutes. So. But you get to see what, what Dave is wearing. That, oh my gosh, I still don't know. <laughs> you know it's not going to be a typical tuxedo. Tracy Although and I have hearing. Yeah, he could surprise us and he's, he's just going to look stunning in like a right. really great tuxedo. And But we've been hearing about what Dave could possibly be wearing because he's been teasing you with this for months now. Uh -huh. I think we're all anticipating to see what he and comes he's up with. he's shown other people that are going to the wedding in front of me. He'll like show them. So <laughs> I haven't seen it and but I get to see their reaction of like, oh, that's awesome. I can't believe you're doing that. Like, and then this one lady that he showed, she was like, oh, I think you need to talk to her about that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> So that that is a reason. I mean, obviously, we, I mean that's this a great be, reason to want to do it and see. This may be the only wedding where the groom outshines the bride when it comes. Yeah, to he's going to be peacocking. He's peacocking at the wedding. Yeah, Tracy, <laughs> you and I both know that's not true. We've seen Val's dress and it looked amazing, and she's, she's going to attempt it, but she's going to look even more amazing. Yes, yes. We so. are not a traditional couple. This is not a traditional wedding. We are not wearing traditional outfits. You got to tell them about the flower humans. Oh, I have flower humans. Um, I have two of my um, favorite guys, and they will be wearing fun suits and fanny packs and throwing flowers out before I walk down the aisle. It, it's going to be uh, the, the wedding of the year. I think yeah. is what uh, yes. I'm reading. In <laughs> well, thanks. That, that, that makes me nervous because I feel like we're leading up to something big and then no. the movie sucks. If, you know if this I mean? was, no, if this was a TV series, this would be the season finale. Oh, for sure. <laughs> this is the series finale. <laughs> I don't, after this, I don't know. We have lots of fun planned out. I was going to say, I'm maybe excited be because. In uh, in February, we're going to the North Pole, so yeah. for Valentine's Day, mm -hmm. yep. So we have lots of adventures to come. Which See, is this good, will, be series, will be less busy because this it's is Single Val series ending, and then we have the spinoff show of Married Val, and that'll be a whole different show. I think it's funny, and I'm just going to go on a tangent for this for a minute. Like a lot of people haven't contacted me since I have gotten engaged because they're like, you're planning a wedding. You just have too much to do. And I'm like, just sitting at home. Like, <laughs> I'm already packed. I've been packed for two days and I don't leave, you know, for a while. And the wedding's been planned for a while. And then like a lot of people haven't contacted me because they're like, well, now you're getting married. So you have a guy. So you're just going to hang out with him. Right. I'm like, listen, Val isn't any different Right. With or without a man, except for that now I have a bonus person. It's right. an addition to my life. It doesn't take away from me still wanting to do the things. I just think it's such a weird mentality of, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't get it. That's a good point. It's true. And, and it, he's a great addition to your life. Dave's a great yes. guy. We've the few times that we've gotten to talk to Big him. Big fan for Dave. And I can't wait to hear when you get back about what his scheme was with Sammy. Yeah, they've been scheming. Oh, yeah. I'm going to share. I'm at, When we're off the air, I'm going to show you guys um, what I got him for his wedding day present. Ooh. Nice. Nice. Well, we are so in the inner circle. 
I know it's kind of cool. It's, <laughs> I've never been in an inner circle before, so I don't want to mess it up. So right, it's like be on your best behavior. Yeah, Have exactly. I don't want to screw this it's up. Thirty, and I can I because this isn't going to air till the wedding. It has something to do with this. Ooh, all right. I'm D, totally which is the D and D. Yes. That's cool. The D and D that was a dragon from Dungeons and Dragons there, so on stuff. Uh, well, I don't know how to top that. I mean, we're <laughs> with talking Dracula. About with Dracula, yes, that's how we're going to top it. So, what was interesting um, when we talked about doing Dracula, you guys were like, "Well, which one?" And I was like, "Well, the, the original, like the 1931 Bela mm-hmm. Lugosi, like Dracula, right?" And um, when we looked at a list, I don't because there's a lot of Dracula movies. So and my wife movie. found a list of like the best Dracula movies. So it ranked from the best to the worst. And, and this was actually number two. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much I trust the list. Cause Nosferatu was number one. And I feel like, okay, now I feel Nosferatu like. Nosferatu is awesome. I think it's, it's awesome in a different kind of way for yeah, people, yeah, for people yeah. that love the monster style movies, like what we talked about last week. Um, I think that that really started something because I think, there's a huge percentage of people that once you hit like ninth to 10th grade and you discover Dracula, because I feel like every 20 years we get a new version of like what Dracula is, whether it's a Dracula movie, whether it's interview with the vampire, whether it, you know, like some kind of vampire movie, we, something big happens every 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, like, the the Dracula with Winona Ryder. Yeah, Dracula. Yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker's Dracula came out when I was young. And then Interview with the Vampire was soon right there. I don't know if it was before or after, but that all came out after. like it was around the same time. Yeah. Around the same time. And so I was super into all of that. And so mm-hmm. I I went back and I I had already known about um Nosferatu because we did um, have to do something like that in my sixth grade class where we had to create monsters or something. And they showed us a part of that. And I was like, scared the crap out of me. You guys know. Yeah. That, that you get the idea of Dracula and it is based on the Bella Lugosi with the, with the blackened hair and the very dapper and debonair Nosferatu looks like some kind of demon creature and it, it's cool. It invented a whole genre of German expressionism. That's kind of what kicked off that phrase, that phase. You got movies like The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari um, that came out after that. Um, really cool angles in the in the film. They do a lot of like painted backgrounds where there's just these tight angles. Um, and that creature is freaky as all get out. And I feel like both that and the movie we're talking about today has been copied so many times in yeah. every single Dracula based movie since then. Because if you look at um, uh, Dracula with Luke Evans, mm-hmm. I didn't see um, that one. That's actually, I really enjoyed it, but you kind of have a throwback to the Nosferatu in that film that he meets in the cave that helps him become Dracula to save okay. his family. Um, and so, plus the armor and like just the costumes and the coloring of that film is really, really fantastic. But I feel like this is a genre, this Dracula vampire monster mm-hmm. genre that is always, always going to be popular. That's always yeah. going to be in style because it's so intriguing. And the story in most of these movies, especially with the Brem Stoker's Dracula and this Dracula, they're almost the same story. Right. Um, And then when you get into interview with the vampire, they kind of bring back the researcher a little bit in that one, like they do in those two movies, which I, I I find very interesting because it just works. Like Mm -hmm. they, they start, they created this thing that has worked for just years and years. Yeah. Well, and and I, I, many different um, ways you can take the, Hi there. Yeah, are are you there, Tracy? Can you can you see and hear us? Oh, you're out a little bit. Are we back? Okay. You're a little choppy. They're putting Google 
subscriber and I hope to get that. So um, I can switch over to my phone if you want. <laughs> well, well, now you sound okay, but for a minute there, it was, it was very much. Yeah, it might be good. Um, Let's try again. Yeah. Let me move. I'll make a hotel Transylvania um, joke in the meantime. Oh, we boy. don't say blah, blah, blah. That's one of my favorite things from that movie. Yeah. I don't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I, and, and what's amazing about Hotel Transylvania is Adam Sandler does a much better Dracula voice than I would have ever guessed that he could do. <laughs> like, I just would have never guessed that he could be a good Dracula um, in any form. Um, but uh, this movie is 90 years old this year. It came out oh, in wow. So it is 90 years old. And when you watch it, um, again, you're not committing a lot of time, similar to the movie that we talked about last week. You're, you're committing an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, watch it. There are so many traditional Halloween vampire things that come from this right. movie. Um, you know, at one point, there's the, like, right at the very beginning, there's the wolves howling. And he's like, ah, it's the children of the night. And I'm like, oh, man, how often do we hear the children uh-huh. of the night? And just so many different things that come from this movie. I mean, the Phantom of the Opera has a whole song about it. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> There's a I also writer music say, of the night. I'm pretty sure he created the first Darth Vader death grip. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh-huh. oh, yeah. Well, and that's what's amazing is you. there is so much in this movie that sets the tone and the pace and builds up the suspense without having to rely on a lot of the things that people use today to do that same thing. And it's, you know, camera angles, lighting tricks, the fact that there's very little music in this movie, very little score. And so that just kind of sets the tone as well. And the guy who plays his uh, assistant uh, Renfro or whatever his name is, that real estate guy that he turns into the, the, and his psychotic laugh is way creepy. Like it's just, there's just a lot to really love about this movie. If you're into the horror genre, because it, it was one of the earlier entries in that genre. Well, it's interesting too, because this movie was made on a very low budget, which is surprising because there's some gorgeous matte painting work. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, when the carriage is traveling to castle Dracula and they have this beautiful cliff mountain facade painting. And then they have the cart traveling in front of it. I'm like, that's some pretty advanced work there, um, especially for the budget. It was made for, they bought the rights for, I think, $40,000 to, and that's why they still own the rights to Dracula, mm-hmm. the Bram Stoker version. Um, but they, they, they did not want to, the producers did not want to, to cast um sorry brain freeze bella lugosi i almost said somebody else they didn't want to cast bella lugosi but he was playing dracula on a stage production and it came out to los angeles and one of the producers really wanted him and was like you need to go see this and it came to los angeles the other producers went to it and then bella lugosi basically talked his way into the role and the way he got it was he was only paid five hundred dollars a week for seven weeks of filming wow wow (laughs) but it really made a name for him because like when you think of dracula and you know anything about it you think of bella lugosi and he's been in i mean he's passed now but he's been in a lot of things um portraying himself as that character in other movies since then because you know that's he's just this iconic character in person that we know yeah well, and, and I think what's interesting about the vampire genre is, as I was saying before I froze up there, um, there's so many different ways that you can take it. And so you have um, the movie and now the TV series spinoff, What We Do in the Shadows, which is a mockumentary um, about the, the vampires. Um, small spoiler here, but the, the new movie or the series on Netflix, Midnight, Midnight Mass, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably one of my favorite yeah one of my favorite vampire stories i've ever seen okay you're safe <laughs> i'm watching but, it tonight so <laughs> but, oh so 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 good oh wait no i'm not i'm going a bachelor bachelor party tonight i'm watching it tomorrow there you go 
yeah, seven episodes, check it out. But I've always loved that, that genre. And it's so funny too, because there's these established rules, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they, they don't like uh, the cross and in this one, they don't like the wolves bane, which is mentioned in the book, but that's one that's forgotten a lot. Um, but then you have movies like twilight, which completely break those rules and create their own different type of vampire, which I think is okay. I there was a lot of, cape, there movies. was a lot of cape work in this movie. Yeah. There's a lot I, of, cape I work. liked all yes. the use, the usage of cape was, was yes, great. there was, and it was, and it was well, it was well done. Yeah, one of the one of the actors said that uh, Bela Lugosi, in between takes, would practice his cape. We, should we call it capography? Yes, yeah. capography. I think that's what we'll call it, capography. Yes, yeah, yeah, some incredible capography in this one. And in the film we talked about last week, there's a lot of great underwater cinematography. This has a lot of capography that's mm-hmm. really good. Um, Beyonce yeah. has a lot of good hairography. Yeah, she does. It's true. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, <laughs> other ads, other ads that are played way too much. We talked about the old Navy ad last week. Mm-hmm. The new Beyonce and uh, Jay Z. That's who she's with, right? Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> for Tiffany Diamonds plays way too much on streaming services because I just think every time is the audience for Tiffany's really watching non-ad free Hulu right now. <laughs> I really feel like. They could Maybe they're trying to get new clientele. Maybe. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's a great commercial, and I love that it, anyway, but it's on too <laughs> So, um, one of my guilty pleasure favorite movies to watch around this time of year is Van Helsing with Hugh Jackman, and it is such a bad movie. It's a terrible movie. It's so terrible, good, terrible movie. It's so good, though. Yeah, it's so fun. Like, you just watch it, and it's like, you know it's terrible, but it doesn't matter. It's right. just fun. And I always thought that that Van Helsing has got to be my favorite, but then I rewatched this, and, you know, it's an old professor-type Van Helsing, but that dude is awesome. Like, yes. it's just, like, nothing scares him. Nothing like, at one point, when, when Dracula's like threatening him and he's just standing there like all casual like okay what like all the cards are out on the table they know that this is the vampire they know and dracula comes closer to him and he just like whips out the cross he's like ah, i don't have wolfsbane i've got this like he just knows what he's doing and he's so confident i'm like no this guy's awesome i don't care what anybody says forget you jackman this is the van helsing for me this old guy that's what i want to be when i'm old just a vampire hunter it's fine <laughs> I really liked the usage of light in this film yes. um, because I feel like it has been copied so many times now. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like you said, Jake, they didn't use a lot of music, which is usually you have in movies like this, you have that score that keeps the audience kind of moving forward and, you know, getting ready for what's coming and that kind of stuff. But in this movie, it was a lot of usage of light mm-hmm. Um to cheat a lot of different things, but also to make you feel certain things depending on what light was being depicted in the scenes. Like anytime there was a female in the scene, the light was brighter yet softer. And Mm -hmm. anytime you had Bella Lugosi in a scene and he was trying, they were trying to make him menacing or mysterious. It was almost dark all the way around him, except for kind of the harsh light. light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was really just interesting. Um, how they did that because again like tracy said really low budget and so you have to get super creative with the way that you're helping the audience feel what you want them to feel outside of the dialogue and i just i really enjoyed that like really paying it to like i kind of want to go back and watch it without any dialogue and just pay attention to what's happening in the scenes Mm -hmm. the lighting and the camera angles yeah and the reason there's no music is because they just didn't have the budget for it so they used some music at the beginning from Swan Lake, and that's pretty much all the music you get. Yeah. <laughs> which which was different. I had forgotten about that. I had seen this before, but I had forgotten about how there's no music in this film. But the th- but you notice it because somehow, and I'm not saying this would work for every film or every filmmaker's style, but somehow they do it and use it to their advantage. Like, And I love it when a filmmaker does that. Like, We don't have a budget for a score. Okay. Well, then I'm going to try to pace this and do it different so that it works without the score. I know that's not going to be there. Right. Uh, 
And to make the most out of that, the way that they did it with the lighting and the acting and it, it still sets the mood so well, like you don't, you don't miss the score not being there. And, and in reality, it probably makes some of those moments more intense um, than it would otherwise. Yeah. And you know, it was interesting too watching this and noticing some of those matte painting backgrounds and they used to just paint them on glass um, so that they could like shoot through them. And I was thinking about it, you know, and that technique is still being used today. We're just doing it digitally. Whereas with you, when they're making the movie, uh, the TV series, the Mandalorian, um, I can't remember. What do they call that contraption, that building? The void? No, it's not the no, void. It's the round, it's the rounded yeah, room rounded that they're in. Room. And I can't anyway, remember what it's called. Um, they're basically doing the same thing. They've got a projection on the background there and then they have props in the foreground. Um, that's exactly what they were doing in Dracula. They're just doing it even better. Well, and I love how if you think about so many movies that try and portray this big ominous monster, you know, in, in the hill, they, they did it in Edward Scissorhands, mm -hmm. um, which I know Edward Scissorhands was very much um, based on those monster movies, like with Bela Lugosi and like, all, you know, all of that, because the director <laughs> um, was very much into those films. And then if you look at the Bram Stoker Dracula from the 90s, they have the same type of castle that you're coming up to. And mm -hmm. even in Beauty and the Beast, the animated version, you're coming up to this big ominous castle on the hill where the monster lives. Mm -hmm. And so it really did set the tone on, you know, visually, because you've seen it before somewhere, that if you see something, you know, that you're coming up to on a hill, that castle, something not right is there. And right. I think right. it's really... <laughs> It's, it's, it, it's translated, you know, it's, it's like, it just, this movie, I think really um, shows you respect for what it did and everything that came after it. Like a lot of people show Star Wars respect because they created so many things that, because they didn't have the technology for the what they wanted for the movie. So they had to create it, which opened up things for other movies, but this movie itself didn't have a budget. I mean, the trailer has a score, so maybe that's where they put <laughs> all, <laughs> all the score went into the trailer. <laughs> but um, trailer sells movies, right? So, mm -hmm. um, and back then, like they really like trailers were short versions of the movie. It wasn't like what we have now. Right. It's they're very different feel. And I, I, I jumped down a rabbit hole last night watching all of these old movie trailers, and it was so much fun. But I just, I really respect this film um, watching it now that I'm older and I've seen all of these other movies that have taken things from this movie, whether they thought they were or not. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. And, and I think, um, you know, with the vampire genre, and we've talked about it. I, I think one of the big differences is, you know, we watched creature from the black lagoon last week and we talked about it and a lot of these monster movies, the monster in the movie is this big lumbering, whatever, you know, mindless in some way, brutish mm -hmm. very often and things like that. Monster. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster is a good example. Um, and mindless like the wolf man when he becomes the wolf man, mm -hmm. but then you get to a vampire and vampires are dangerous in a very different way. It's not necessarily the brute strength. They have that. They, they right. have greater strength than everything typically, but they're very seductive. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that just in a sexual way, but just they're very charismatic and that's how they win you over. And that's what mm -hmm. we see. And to me, that's more frightening than a monster like Frankenstein's monster or the creature from, from the black lagoon, because he wins these people over. He gains Lucy and Nina's trust because he's very charismatic and seductive and they're drawn to him and that's almost more powerful than just being big and scary. Mm -hmm. That's more frightening in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. and it's manipulative really and you can yeah. you get a lot of things from a person being that way. And I think also that's what it's romantic. You know right. what I mean? Like what all of these monster movies have in common is that there is this very weird, like romantic thought about it. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas you're making it as a date movie. And back then, you know, they, I don't know if they realized it at the time, but like all of these movies are kind of made for women uh -huh. as much as they're monster movies or whatever. Like there is that, you know, I'm going to be rescued or something supernatural out there. That's mysterious. That's, 
you know, that's going to, you know, entice me. And, and Dracula mm-hmm. is very much that thing. Yeah. And I, I love that because that's, that's from the book. That's very much in the book. And it's kind of been built into the mythos of the vampire from the beginning. Um, there was a great movie that played at, I saw it at Sundance back in the nineties called the addiction. And it basically treated the vampire as a drug addict, uh, making that parallel where it's just, it has to feed. And it's just this overpowering hunger that it has to take care of because it's addicted to this, to this, uh, what gives it life. So there's many different ways that you can come at the, the vampire genre. It doesn't always have to be the, the stereotypical one, which kind of Dracula 1931 is now because it established a lot. It was the first real version of, of the vampire Dracula story. Nosferatu came out first, right? This was the, but it's not Bram Stoker's Dracula. This was yeah. the first version of that story. Yeah. Well, and I love, I love that they kind of pay homage a little bit to Nosferatu in this because when Van Helsing's first describing vampires in general, and he's like, "Yes, it's the Nosferatu from, you know," mm-hmm. and, the, and he kind of describes the, the vampire based on that. And so I kind of, I thought that was kind of a neat thing because I, I'm sure that's a nod to that. That film. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it, it has a lot of the mythos of vampires in general is built on what starts here in Dracula and, mm-hmm. and goes from there. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that it's okay for them to go and break the rules. It depends on how they do it, I think, but yes, I, yeah. but, but a lot of it has been so well established. I mean, this establishes for the first time on screen, uh, you know, really well, it establishes the, the aversion to the cross, the wolfsbane, like you mentioned, the mm-hmm. shape shifting that vampires do. Right which is typically into a bat, which is what he says, but also sometimes into a wolf in this right. one, apparently. Um, but also, yeah. Yeah. And, and also the aversion to sunlight and also, you know, you've got to, yep. And they add a little bit more depth on it when they say it's got, he's got to be in the soil of his birth country. And so mm-hmm. which he had to bring with him, he's got to go every day back to his soil. <laughs> okay. There's an episode of what we do in the shadows and the <laughs> vampires who live in New Jersey or they live on, uh, on, on Long Island. They go to Atlantic city and they each bring some of their dirt from their home country um, with them. And they put them underneath the bed, um, like underneath the mattress so that they can sleep. And then they go out to, to go hang out at the casino. Cause at the casino, you never know if it's daytime or nighttime. So they can just hang out there. There's no windows. Right. There's no exposure. And housekeeping comes to the comes to the hotel room and <laughs> vacuums up all of the dirt. And when they come back to their room, they're like, "I can't sleep. I can't get comfortable." You know, and so they have to send their familiar across the country, or excuse me, across the globe. He has to travel to all the different places that these vampires are originally from to collect soil from their homeland, so that they can get some sleep. And <laughs> yeah, I love it. And the thing is, I think the vampire genre has become so big that you have to, if you're going to make something, you've got to be able to be true to its roots like that. Yes. Or else, like for people that aren't necessarily hardcore vampire enthusiasts, they'll be like, okay, well, that's, you know, fun and cute. But for someone who is, it's like, okay, good. I appreciate that they understand the source material and people are weird. And that, and- was, that was my problem with the Twilight stories is at first when I heard about how they could go out into light and they could do these things, I'm like, oh, okay, she's taking a spin on on these uh vampire stories and then i read an article with her and this is before the movies came out um but then i read an article with her and she said i just thought that's how vampires were i never really studied the genre before and i'm like i'm out you know like you 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 have to know the rules before you break the rules type of thing tracy i hate to break this to you but none of those books were written for you i know (laughs) oh i'm well aware but not saying you can't read them or enjoy them however the only way i managed to make it through the first movie is when i did the mst3k version uh the the spinoff the riff tracks yeah Yeah. i had to watch i had to listen to their commentary making jokes about it in order to make it through yeah and and val's got a good point it wasn't written for you it wasn't (laughs) written for me and and i get that uh, but I also do agree, like if you're playing in a sandbox, that's really well established. You do have to understand what some of the parameters are yeah. and you have to understand that if you're making changes, 
why you you're making changes and why you're making those changes. And I think if you you're just like, oh, I think vampires are cool and they're these creatures that drink blood and don't like sunlight, right? Or what if they do like sunlight? It's just that they glitter in the sunlight. Like you, <laughs> you need to understand. I don't know. I'm with you. Yeah. And, and at first I thought, oh, okay, she's putting a spin on it because I think that this this Dracula story has been told so many times. You have to put the fresh spin on it, which is why, and no spoilers, but that's one of the reasons that I really liked Midnight Mass um, was the way that they put a spin on the original story. Yeah. And, and I think that that's great. And I, and I love that this has become something so big. I was really big into vampires a lot when I was a, a teenager. And so Same. I love anything that covers the roots of it. Um, even in some of the movie, <laughs> like one of my favorite eighties cheesy movies is the lost boys, which oh, is yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so great. And I, um, and it is so 80s, and that just makes it beautiful all the more. But. When I was at USC, we had to choose a film to do like our last big paper on, and that's uh -huh. the movie I chose. Nice. I was also a 17 year old girl, so yeah. like that, that was super into vampires, and I was like the Lost Boys. Like I was like, this is a classic, right? Yeah, <laughs> totally. I and love I, that you did your final paper on that. That's fantastic. I didn't know that story. Yep, I did my thesis paper on the Lost Boys. I love that. <laughs> but, but I do think because there is so much out there on vampires that, that when you do do something where you're like, I'm just going to do my own thing and I don't know anything about it, it really just sticks out so much more because it's like, well, that's not how vampires work. Mm -hmm. Well, they're fictional, so I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah. Yeah, kind of, but they're, they've got a pretty well-established Yeah what they are and so uh but anyway enough about twilight i don't know why we're talking so much about it tracy's obsessed with it. <laughs> but robert pattison man he's gone on to have a really interesting career i got to give that guy a lot of credit because he could have just either faded away or he could have done the whole heartthrob thing and instead he's picked some really interesting directors and really interesting roles and i'm excited to see what he does as the batman me too Hopefully the Batman does for him uh, similar to what like Deadpool did for Ryan Reynolds and that mm -hmm. you know, Ryan Reynolds had had the run as a superhero in Green Lantern. Everybody was like, that was awful. And Deadpool really kind of put him back in the mainstream culture. Cause I don't know that he was that big a star as big as he is now before. Right. right. Absolutely. That helped and, I, and I think Robert Pattinson's super talented, but people just ignore a lot of what he's done because He's the vampire guy from Twilight. Nobody respects. Well, if you want to wipe that from your from your brain really quickly, watch The Lighthouse. And I pre-apologize oh, yeah. if you watch that movie because <laughs> it's traumatizing. Yeah. But it will take everything that is Twilight about Robert Pattinson out of your mind forever. Mm -hmm. But again, I apologize if you do oh, actually but, watch that movie. But the thing uh, is, the Batman has the potential to really do that because I think it will be a big blockbuster yes. type film and and the lighthouse although i think a lot of people saw it, it wasn't the big blockbuster <laughs> black and white movie with just two guys william defoe and robert pattison talking in weird accents come on which brings us back to dracula from 1931 <laughs> i want to talk, talk about the accents in dracula for a right. minute as bella lugosi's great his accent you know obviously is has become iconic um, you've got Van Helsing who's doing an accent. You've got like the the medical ward guy in the in the asylum who does an accent. But this movie takes place primarily in, primarily in England, and none of the other characters have an accent, and it drives me crazy. But let me but let me say that England during that time had a lot of people from all over the world living there. That's fair. <laughs> and, and, and maybe but I feel like they started a precedence because every time we see any of these similar characters in cartoons or in mockumentaries or in series or whatever, they all have these ridiculous accents and mm -hmm. it all started right here. Yeah, it, it really Yeah, everybody's <laughs> trying to mimic or exaggerate Dracula's accent from this movie. Good evening. Yeah. I don't say blah blah blah. <laughs> or the count from Sesame Street, even. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Like it's totally. But I think, and, and that's how iconic this film became. Yeah. Didn't didn't the gardener 
in the didn't the groundskeeper have a British accent or an Irish accent or something? Or he, yeah, he had an to? accent. I don't know where it was from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Trying they, to. <laughs> they had other accents in there. It's just the main characters. And and like you said, Val, they had people living all over or from all over living in England. But I thought they were English and they just were like, well, we're not going to worry about doing an English accent for these folks. But over here, we've got German and Transylvanian. Oh. I don't know if that's how Transylvanians actually sound. I don't think it really is. But then, then you have the really bad accents from the extras in the mountain village at the very beginning. Yes. Just extras. They're not even like Bella Lugosi was like a skilled actor. These yeah. people are just like, you want to be in a movie? Come on over here. And then say this like with a Hungarian accent. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I don't know what that means. So we don't either go with it. It'll be fine. Yeah. Nobody, nobody does. It'll be fine. Nobody's going to watch Maybe this. They went back and watched those and they were like, you know what? Let's, let's not make anyone else have to do an accent. <laughs> they filmed that early and realized it's that kind was of like, mistake. it's kind of like, um, uh, Robin hood. Yes. yes I knew you were going to go there. Kevin Costner's like, he doesn't need one. Yeah. We're okay without it because I feel like if they would if have had him tried, do it, it would draw more attention to it. Yeah. Listen, the, the trauma of being in the crusades for him just wiped his accent away. <laughs> he came back with an American Midwesterner accent. It's fine. I, but yeah. And I don't know why it stood out to me. It, I think it was just because there were so many other accents and they didn't do that one. It was just interesting. Yes. So, but they didn't have a budget to hire people that could do an English right, accent. Right. Yeah. And this is, this was filmed in LA. So yeah. Cause otherwise, cause that, and that's, this is weird to me. This has always kind of interested me is it seems like English actors can do an American accent easier than American actors can do a British accent. Yep. That's, well, that's because we, be, that's we because just, they know how, like, we talk in such a generic way and yeah. they know all they have to do is open their mouth more than they regularly do. And they can talk like that. Well, and I think the other thing too, is I think most of the, the stars that we see that come from England that make it really big, they've been like trained. Like a lot of the actors in England are more classically trained typically than um, I think some of the bigger movie stars that we have here, not all of them. And that's a generalization and a broad stroke. And I get that, but, but I also think really, there was a period in, of time that Americans had all of the good movies, the big blockbuster movies. So they knew the only way they were going to make money yeah, is if true. they could get that accent. Whereas us, you know, Americans were, we don't care. You're going to yeah. hire us anyway. Right. We're, we don't need to learn anything outside <laughs> of our regular everyday stuff. But yeah. the majority of, of people who try and do a British accent, it just becomes like the 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 Cockney, hey, Governor, you know, Eliza Doolittle. So it's it's been a couple of episodes since I've done this, uh, but there was some TikTok videos circulating TikTok not too long ago where some some lady was trying to do a British accent and she was like, "Would you like some water?" And so all <laughs> these British TikTokers got on and they're like, "Okay, first of all, that is not how we sound." at all and like just tore her apart Did you just watch oliver what's happening <laughs> like, not nobody says it like that and you really shouldn't be making fun of us because you say things like this and then they anyway so it was just kind of a funny little thing that happened for they like start ripping on the southern accent yeah <laughs> so what did we learn tiktok is mean don't yeah. go there yeah tiktok's mean jake not all of it. Some of it's actually really I nice. Know. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> Some of us are too old to be on that channel, but you know, it's okay. You're not. I've seen old people on there. It's fine. <laughs> That's why the kids invented TikTok was to get away from people my age getting on their social media. Well, it has been unsuccessful because of the <laughs> there, so uh, TikTok's a weird place and you should definitely go in understanding that before you go in, but it can be as weird or as not weird as you want it to be. You just search for the right videos and then I you're out. That's also Google. Yeah. It's anything. <laughs> anything. The internet in general is as weird or as not weird as you want it to be. That's I get true. like people, Dave and my daughter, Sammy, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, look at this. And I'm like, where did you find that? They're like YouTube. And I'm like, those aren't the, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> to find, I don't spend a lot of time on the internet. Uh -huh. um, 
like I have, if I have to do something for work or if I have to look something up, but I don't spend hours of the day down rabbit holes looking for weird crap, but I know people that are really, really good at it. I have friends that are really good at it and I just kind of watch their feed to kind of see what they're picking up. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, uh, but yeah, you can definitely find stuff or not. It just depends on what you're doing. Okay. <laughs> I get in here coughing. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. I tried to, I did try to buy um, the URL yourmom.com the other day because Mike on my morning show partner made a your mom joke Ooh. and he's like yourmom.com. And I'm like, oh, do we, do we need to own that? And somebody owns it, but they've done nothing with it. Oh, I don't on. like that. Yeah. They're just going to own yourmom.com. Do something with it. Well, <laughs> Did you see that when Facebook had their big outage, what was it last week? That it uh, ended, I was taking a nap during the whole thing. Yeah. So during their I didn't big even know outage, what happened. Like it the whole site just basically went down and it popped up on like GoDaddy.com and other websites mm-hmm. purchasing places. So you could purchase Facebook Facebook.com. Wow. <laughs> My favorite I mean, was Twitter said basically uh, hello everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and TikTok did the same thing. Oh, so you're off Facebook. Well, welcome to TikTok. Come see what we're all about. Uh, and and it just so happened my wife was having a phone issue. So we had to call the phone company, like the her cell phone company. Uh-huh. And it took forever to connect with somebody because oh, yeah. everybody was calling thinking that it was an issue with their phone service. And so they had a recording right at the beginning. If you're having issues with Facebook or the Facebook family of apps, this is a Facebook issue. Stop calling us is basically what the message said, but m- more politely. But that's yeah, brilliant. yeah, because that, that's I mean, it caused a lot of issues when Facebook goes down like that. It's a big deal. I, and feel, like just, like, pulled, I feel like they pulled um, a free guy and somebody yes. just, just reboot it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gotten too evil. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it was like right after the testimony comes out about how they like put profits before safety of of their customers. And I love that these stories come out in the United States. And then people are like surprised when a big corporation has put profits first. And we're like, that's what America is based on. (laughs) (laughs) Except for our show. We're all about just entertaining you. We make nothing. Yeah. I say, first of all, we'd have to start making profits to put them first. So obviously that's not our concern. We put you first. We put entertainment first. I I thought Colin was bankrolling you, Jake. He's not. Nope. <laughs> Bankrolling him with high fives. That's right. That's right. Um, anyway, so Dracula, we should probably give the movie a grade now that we've, I love our tangents. In the last couple of weeks, we've just, at the end of the show, just gone on this major tangent. But we well, talked the about first, the movie. It's the first eight minutes of the show and the last 10 minutes of the show. Yeah, but, but it, at least we stayed on topic for the most part, unlike the Karate Kid episode. Correct. We we got some feedback from our good friend Stefan, who told us you guys didn't even talk about the Karate Kid in that episode. I can't we talked about Dracula this time. So as you're listening, just know we talked about the movie this time. All right. It's our show. We do what we want. That's true. We probably should have though talked about Karate Kid. Yeah, I know we really should have talked about it more, which is why when we do release the back to the future episode it will not be labeled as a back to the future episode because <laughs> the only thing we mentioned from the movie was the stupid nike <laughs> that was the biggest tangent we've ever had that that was so much needed it was just like we were all so tired from fan x we were just there we was hadn't seen our friends in people. person we for a long time friends. and it, that was it, a lot of fun it was a lot of fun and it was really nice. Uh, Why don't you just release that the day that I'm gone? Oh, we could. I could work on putting that out. Uh, and then we don't have to do a new episode. Tracy and I always get nervous when it's just the two of us. We've gotten better, but we're yeah, always yeah. afraid we're going to do Pacific Rim all over again. <laughs> <laughs> we should go back and revisit that movie one of these days and, and replace, replace us. That. Yeah. With someone it's, better. That's Wait, a good no. movie. It deserves yeah. a good discussion. And we didn't do we it. Didn't that. Speaking of good movies, what are we going to grade Dracula? We'll start with you this time, Val. Um, I'm going with the solid B. I really like these movies. They're super entertaining. I really respect this film. 
Um, I do think that even though, like we said, it's only like an hour 20 or something like that, there are some parts of the film that feels like it, it does get a little long for me. Um, the pacing, and maybe it is because it doesn't have music, but the pacing sometimes does get a little bit stale. Mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed watching the film. And I think what I, I wish I would have given myself enough time would be to like watch this movie and then Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm. and then, you know, a couple of the other Dracula movies after, and just, like, have a day of Dracula, because I, I really liked remembering um, kind of how this started it, and then ev how they really beefed it up in all of the movies to come. So, yeah, solid B for me. Awesome. Tracy? Uh, I'm going to go with B as well. I'm with Val. The, the, the lack of music, it, it was a little weird to me. I had forgotten that there was really no music for this um film it's but it is fun there are a few parts where it feels a little bit long but it's short enough that you can get through it i mean it's an hour and 20 minutes um bella lugosi's classic take on the character everybody has seen the the stills of him with the cape and the menacing eyes um but he brings a lot of gravitas to that role um and really really brings um a lot of intensity to it I like the fact that they knew their limitations. They didn't try and show a transformation from a bat into the vampire or into the wolf. It happens off screen. Um, the rubber bats are a little silly, but you got to remember this is 1931. There was, you know, they're limited in what they can do, but the cinematography is really interesting. The matte painting work is really good. Um, the, the acting is, is quite good, especially for the time. And uh, I'm going to go solid B on this one as well. Yeah. I, I'm going to go a little bit higher and just give it an A minus um, just because I think the movie is solid. I think it's entertaining. I think it's really well done. It does have some issues where it does feel slow at parts for sure. But I think just because of the uh, impact that it had on mm -hmm. the genre and everything that came after it, that's why I put it in the A minus range. If it was just a little bit tighter in the story, I'd put it as an A for sure. Yeah, but it, that makes sense. And if you haven't seen it again, it's on Peacock. You can check it out. Yeah, so definitely do that. And this one was nice because they played ads at the beginning when I started watching it, but then they didn't play ads throughout. And so we didn't have the like random interruption nice. uh, of the ads while I was watching. So, but anyway, definitely check it out. Um, make sure you stay tuned to everything Movies That Make Us so you can get details about our event that's coming up at the end of the month uh, where we are supporting the American Cancer Society and Tracy and his ring. Uh, and that will be at the Midway in Midvale, okay. right? Yep. Yep. Right off Fort Union, uh, October 29th, seven to midnight. And stay tuned to our page because we're going to share all sorts of Val's wedding happiness. So we're excited for that as well. That's correct. So we've got two big things happening this month that we'll be sharing details about. And that is what's happening at the Midway on October 29th, as well as the wedding of the year, Val and Dave. <laughs> the series finale. It's the series finale. And then we'll have the spinoff. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on all the places, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and until next time, we won't see you at the movies. This is not a vampire song. <laughs>